a price tag to everything, even your own success. Welcome back to another episode of the Tad Network. As <laughs> always, it's Dami. I'm here with my co-host. Your boy Josh. Your boy Lee. And today we have a special guest and a friend of the show, Mr. Miles Gaines. I'll go ahead and let him introduce himself. First of all, thank you guys for having me. Uh, my name is Miles Gaines from Bridgeport, Connecticut. And I've been here in Boston for a little over four years now. And I work at BlackRock. My title is called an internal wholesaler. And I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll get more into it soon. Yeah. Internal wholesaler equals... <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that later. You know. sure I didn't say like, subscribe. <laughs> You know, yes, smash that like button, we appreciate it, and leave any feedback in the comments. Yes, yes. Yeah. This we'll, we'll, actually, let us know who you, who you want to see next. You know, this is really, really big on community. Yeah, of course, of course. And, you know, this is one of my favorite topics because not only is the story interesting, this man works at BlackRock. And we were talking about that earlier. I wanted to be an investment banker when I was six. So when y'all wanted to be a fireman, astronaut, I wanted to wear suits, right? So I'm actually talking, we're gonna talk to somebody that's in that experience. So if you tell us a little bit about your journey into getting into that role mm -hmm. and, you know, speak on what the role entails. First, yeah, tell them, like, what is BlackRock? Like, why is that such a big deal? Like, Yeah, so BlackRock is an asset manager and we we invest on behalf of clients and that's anywhere from large institutions and endowments down to um, individuals and their money. And we invest for people to grow their assets over time and, and reach their investment goals. So 401k plans or individual accounts, really we're investing on behalf of people throughout the world. And we're at nine and a half trillion dollars right now. Whew. It is it is the largest asset manager in the world and it's pretty crazy to even hear that number, but um, that's that's what it is. And it's, it's pretty interesting that I work there. It's, a, it's been yeah. a long journey. Now, so you speak on that journey. Could you walk us through, you say you're from Bridgeport, Connecticut. How did mm -hmm. you end up in Massachusetts, bro? Yeah, so I, I started at the beginning and it really starts in high school. Yeah. I played football and the goal was to get into the best school possible and yep. continue my career my, uh, on and off the field. And when it came time to apply to schools, my parents said we didn't have the money to actually apply with the application fee and yep, turn it into yep, ACT. So I ended up going to Amherst College and when early decision time came, it was December 1st, my coach actually called uh, my admissions director and said Miles hadn't applied yet and we're making decisions today. Wow. So she actually yanked me out of class and applied for me. She paid for my application. And that's how I ended up going to Amherst. And we'll talk about more about mentorship and, and, and what connections mean, but th that's really where the story begins. And my story begins with somebody else caring about me, honestly. And so when I got to Amherst, I didn't know what I wanted to do like most people. Yep, yep. But what I noticed is my teammates were going on to do a lot of cool jobs and most of them were going into finance. Mm. And so a lot of school, a lot of firms were coming to recruit on campus starting junior year. And so sophomore year, when everybody else was down in Cancun on spring break, I was home sending out emails to alums, just wow. trying to network as much as I could okay. to get ready for when firms came to recruit junior year. And so I probably sent about 200 emails oh, and <laughs> connected with about 30 people. And one of my mentors ended up passing my resume along to the former 
Chief Investment Officer of Putnam Investments, wow. which is where I started my career. So yeah, my initial interview at, at Putnam was for equity associate research, essentially researching stocks okay. to then recommend which stocks we should invest in. Um, and I didn't want to do that. And they asked, you know, why this role? And I was honest, I said, I see myself as a client facing individual. And so I'll use this role to learn as much as I can. So when and if I'm in the field, I'm that much more knowledgeable. And they were pretty honest with me. They said, okay, well, why don't we throw you in the pool for both? Mm. And so my final interview was for equity associate research and for sales. And I ended up getting the sales internship. Wow. And that was in the summer of 2016 here in Boston. And that was my first introduction to the city. And I enjoyed the internship a lot. I enjoyed hearing how people talk to financial advisors. I enjoyed kind of the fast paced nature of it yeah. and how every conversation was different. And they, they liked me and they asked me to come back full time. And I joined full time in uh, September 17 after I graduated wow. from Amherst. Wow. That's beautiful. Knowing that, that journey, that story is what we want to share with everyone. Mm -hmm. Tag, we're building a mentoring platform and mentorship is, can't put a price tag on it, right? right, right. So what's that line, right? Let's, let's, let's talk a little more about that. Like, what does mentorship to mean to you? And just give us a little more details of that experience throughout your journey you just shared, like how mentorship played a role in there. Mentorship is everything to me, especially in our community. Yep. Because if you think about me, right, I had no access to financial services. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what an asset manager was. Yeah. And now that's my everyday job. And when you talk about how many people I had to talk to, get to know, and, and really learn about what they do to get to where I'm at today, mm -hmm. if it weren't for my mentors, I wouldn't be in the industry I'm in, I wouldn't be for doing sure. the job that I'm doing every day. And so, and, and you know, that's just the beginning. That, that gets me to 2017, and that doesn't even get us to where we are today. And so, there have been a lot of mentors over the years, and they mean everything, everything to me, which is why I try to be a mentor to those younger than me so I can kind of reach down and bring somebody else up. Mm. Wow, that's, that's very powerful. You give us one of those instances where it's like, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for this action from this mentor. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll give you the perfect example as to how I landed at BlackRock. So as you know, I was at Platinum for three and a half years yep. where I met Asad and uh, shout out to Asad. Shout out to Asad, bro. Check that episode out if you have it. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, Asad's one of my best friends and he and I came up together at Putnam. Um, but in 2018, when I got promoted to my role at Putnam, which was an internal wholesaler as well, the person that I replaced is now at BlackRock. Okay. And so he and I stayed in contact. And it's funny because he's only about three or four years older than me, but yeah. he is a mentor, yeah. right? Yeah. Because He's, he's doing what I want to do. And so I'm kind of following in his footsteps and he can really speak to my experience because he just did it two or three years prior. Mm -hmm. And so when he left, I stayed in contact with him and we checked in, check in once a quarter or so. Um, and finally in 2020, I reached out to him and said, are there any openings at BlackRock? And he said, actually there is. And he was my referral. And uh, so oh, okay. the person I replaced at my former employer is a person that referred me to my current employer and he's still somebody that I talk to every single day. So that's a real life example as to how I got to my current job. Uh, that's, that's, yeah, it's, it's not about what you know, it's who you know. Exactly. You know, kudos to you for having that frame of mind to keep in contact, not even for something transactional, just being a good person and look, look at the doors that are open for you. That's yeah. Dope. yeah. That's dope. So I, I got a question, right? Because obviously, right, all minorities, you're very successful in your field. 
right? But what is what is that experience like? Just through the process from the first job you got, navigating through the corporate world, looking around, like are there a lot of people that look like you come from the same place like you? Like what's what's no. that like? Yeah. <laughs> to answer your first, to your last question, yeah. no, there's not a lot of people that look like us, mm -hmm. um, and that's something that I want to change because if I can do it, anybody can, right? Like I sell mutual funds and ETFs. And when I started the job, I didn't even know what a mutual fund was. Yeah. And so you go from not knowing what it is to, to selling it every day and having conversations and bringing in business. Like I said, if I can do it, others can. I don't wanna say uncomfortable because I'm used to it, yeah. right? And, and if you're confident and if you're yourself, you'll be fine no matter which room you're in. Absolutely. Um, but I am alone most of the time. I'm the yeah. only black person in a lot of the meetings. Wow. I don't call on many black financial advisors <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, there's not many people that do what I do in the industry sure. and so like I said it's attainable but it's about access it's about information it's about talking to people that came before you um, so we can open doors for others because yeah. we can do it and, and and if I can do it I'll say it again others can so it's just about telling the story and bringing others along yeah there was somebody that told me a while ago when I was applying to jobs and I was I was like checking myself out mentally like I don't think I can do this job they were like this, I'm gonna keep it honest with you that's what training is for they just want to make sure they can be around you yep. for eight hours you can talk anything you learn on the job doesn't matter what you know that's the point of training like they're gonna teach you that and it, it all comes back down to again access I completely agree I went to a liberal arts school Amherst College liberal arts yep. there's no business school the closest thing you can get to business is an econ major mm. and I was a political science major oh, wow. mm -hmm. and so one thing I had to portray in the interviews was I don't know what this subject is, but every day I take a large amount of information, I break it down, I analyze it, whether it's a paper or a discussion in class, I present it back to the professor or others in my class in a clear manner. And that's really what I'm doing now, right? You have all these different investments and you have to break it down and be able to tell a story to the advisor so they can relay that to their client. It's the same thing, it's just different. the content is different, mm -hmm. but the practice is the same. Yeah, no, let's, I want to talk a little bit more about that. Like you said, you didn't know what a mutual fund is. Probably a lot of people watching who didn't know what a mutual fund I didn't know what a mutual fund was before I started you know, educating myself. But I'm in sales. You're in sales. You're a different kind of sales, especially mm -hmm. with the financial markets. I'd love to tell our, our audience, like, break down your role and what exactly your day-to-day -day looks like. Absolutely. So, like I said, BlackRock is an asset manager. We have all these different portfolios based on, you know, some invest in growth stocks or value stocks, some are domestic based, some invest in international companies. We have all these different portfolios based on your risk profile and what you're looking for. Yeah. I'll kind of direct you into which one you're going to invest in or okay. potentially invest in. And we have portfolio managers who choose which investments go in those funds. So all day, every day, they're analyzing stocks and bonds yeah. and deciding which company and which asset we're going to invest in. Mm. So those are the portfolio managers. They touch the money every day, but they don't talk to the clients. Yeah. I'm on the sales team all day, every day. I'm reaching out to the potential um, investors into that money, but I don't touch the money at all. Okay. Mm. And so I cover Florida. And so my day to day is reaching out to financial advisors with Merrill Lynch, uh, uh, Morgan Stanley, Charles companies Schwab. like Charles Schwab, uh, companies uh, like that. Um, setting up meetings to say, hey Dami, I know you're a financial advisor, 
Um, if you didn't have clients that were willing to invest, you wouldn't have a job. That's a fact. You, <laughs> should, you should invest your clients' money with us because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah, yeah. When things are going well, our portfolios return higher returns. And when things are going poorly, we lose less money mm-hmm. and all these other different aspects of what the individual portfolio is. Yeah. You should invest with us because of X, Y, and Z. Okay, so you're mainly targeting financial advisors and that's what you're Exactly. So yeah. so there's other firms where they reach out to direct investors. Okay. We don't deal with the end investor. We deal with the investor's mm-hmm. financial advisor. Okay. So okay. It's, it's like intermediary sales yep. is what it's called. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. That's, that's really interesting. We, we were talking earlier, you were talking about how, you know, since COVID returns are skyrocketed, but right. that comes with more participation from um, institu- yeah, more institutional, even more retail investors. What's that been like? You know, conversations about stocks are almost happening every day between normal everyday folk. How important right. do you think that is for us? I think it's very important. Um, I think COVID gave a lot of people an opportunity to do more research mm. we, because we were yep. all home. Yep. Yeah. And so a lot more people our age and in our demographic got involved, um, which I think is beautiful. I think that's a beautiful thing. The only thing I'll say is a lot of people are treating it like gambling, which yeah, is not. Yeah. <laughs> Speculation. Speculation. Exactly. Exactly. So, so that's where it gets dangerous. Just like anything else, you need to do your research. But I'm glad we're at least having a conversation. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and in my business, I mean, a lot of advisors have really good years. For better or worse, right? It's crazy to say we're in a global pandemic, but advisors had really yeah. good years. Yeah. But a lot of people made a lot of money. Um, after the initial COVID dip. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like the phones in this. <laughs> what do you say about this, we'll, bro? We'll talk later. Buy the dip. Buy the dip. Buy the dip. A lot of people bought the dip, so our phones were ringing. We had a lot of meetings and a lot of money was in mm-hmm. motion. Mm-hmm. A lot of money. Let's let's talk about that because before talking to you, I think when I figured out like oh you guys have nine trillion dollars nine point five trillion dollars assets under management which grew huge percentage right mm-hmm. kind of my theory was like inflation asset inflation but you gave another perspective there's a lot of inflow of capital coming in so like what what was that experience like with you know COVID and then you being on the sales side of thing and have, talking to client clients like mm-hmm. what was that inflow of capital look like and how did that affect your job. I think it was both to answer your question. So, and, and it's not just BlackRock, right? Like any, any asset manager or any portfolio, there was price appreciation. So yep. assets were rising just because stocks were going higher. Yeah, that was going down. Exactly. <laughs> but then also um, more people were buying. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of the double effect. It was price appreciation mm-hmm. and people were like, oh, I'm investing more, yeah. you know? So it was just kind of a domino effect and they were just, high returns in a lot of different asset classes. Absolutely. A lot of people bought stocks, right? Because they, they, they were probably companies that they believed in already that they might've thought were overpriced yep. and they thought it was a good entry point. Mm. And so last year, and I, I wasn't at BlackRock at, at the time, but I know it was across the industry. All we were talking about was stock funds yeah. um, and, and saying, you know, how well we did when things went poorly mm-hmm. and what the return has been since and what we're doing to take advantage of the opportunity. Yeah. Um, so like I said, there were a lot of meetings and usually there's kind of a summer slowdown, you know, advisors go on vacation and all those things. There hasn't, there wasn't a summer slowdown in 2020 Damn. and there wasn't one this yeah, year. Wow. Yeah, wow. so it, it was um, it was interesting and it's, it's pretty cool to see. 
Mm-hmm. It's been a lot of people made a lot of money. I got, I got a question, right? Because a lot of people watching this, mm-hmm. they hear words like ETFs, yeah. mutual funds. Some of them are like, yo, what the? What are they talking about? Yeah, what, this, so keep it a little lighthearted. I mean, you know, obviously, people want to do their own research, but mm-hmm. like, what are your, your like top three advice or like characteristics? If somebody they have some money, they want to invest, but they don't want it in the same accounts, losing money. Mm-hmm. What would you say they should look for when they think about investing in a stock or ETF or? Oh, even crypto, even crypto, even whatever. Crypto. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't sell crypto, so I'll leave that to you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but if you're looking to invest and you have a lot of time to do a lot of research, then one thing that I kind of use in my day to day when I tell advisors how to explain things to their clients is the everyday test. Right. Mm-hmm. So a lot of our these mutual funds are invested in companies that we know. Right, Tesla, Apple, Apple Microsoft, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And so if a person doesn't know about the fund, well, you can just walk them through the everyday test and look at the top holdings, mm-hmm. right? When I, when I got up, first thing I did, I brushed my teeth with my Colgate toothpaste. Mm-hmm. When I got dressed, I put on my Nike shoes. Okay. I wanted to get something out of the fridge and it was a General Electric refrigerator. Yeah. I had to run some errands and I went to Home Depot. Mm-hmm. When I had lunch, I had a sandwich and I drank a Coca-Cola mm-hmm. on the side. I just named like four or five public companies. You gotta talk about your iPhone. Technology. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so if you really look around you, just the appliances and the everyday things that you use, you could really start learning about stocks just via what you use every day. Yeah. And I think that would be more interesting, yeah. by the way. It's mm-hmm. like if you're using it already, you're more interested it. to learn about the ins and outs of the company. Exactly. Um, so that's on the individual level on how you can kind of break it down to somebody and say, here's why you might invest in yep. this fund. But a mutual fund or an ETF at its simplest form is just a basket of individual securities. Yep. So instead of going out and buying Ford stock by itself, you can buy an ETF that has Ford, Apple, Tesla, yeah, Microsoft, yeah. etc. And a mutual fund is the same way. The difference is a mutual fund, they probably charge you a little bit more because they're actively managing it. Yeah, so yeah. they're making changes every single day yeah. where an exchange traded fund, it follows an index. So it really doesn't change unless the index changes and it's, and it's trading on the stock market. Okay. That's very, very insightful. And when you were talking about that, it, it got me thinking of something you and I laugh about a lot, right? You know, there was $4 trillion printed. So <laughs> money was made. Exactly. Right? And now, you know, the, the thing I reposted, somebody was like, you're not a genius. You know, right. you put all this money out there. Mm-hmm. You know, let's see if you can make money when money slows on cue sort of explain to people like how hard it is to learn about the ins and outs and not just listen to somebody that's you know posting what they make and you say oh right. let me ask this person what they did yeah. not they're not necessarily telling you their entry point so like just how hard is your job and how other what, like knowing the markets that other people are trying to mimic and saying oh i figured it out just because they started making exactly they started they, they made a quick buck you know yeah. <laughs> <dip>, right <laughs> um it's it's difficult right i mean I don't want to say it's difficult, but there's a lot of information and you could read all day, every day and not know enough. It takes a long time. There are people, let's put it like this, equity associates. There are some analysts who cover 40 companies and that's their job. So they're working eight, 10, 12 hours a day and they research 40 companies, four zero. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more, the S&P 500 has 500 companies alone, right? And so when people say they're experts, you just have to be careful careful with who you're listening to, just like anything else, yeah. right? People might say they know, and they, and they just might, 
but there's a chance they don't. Yeah. Um, but these are people's careers to cover a very small portion mm -hmm. of what's out there. And they still get it wrong. Right, and they still get it wrong. Like the best portfolio managers and analysts get get it right probably 50% of the time. Yeah. Yep. Those are the best in the world. I mean, I can go on and on, but th there's a lot that goes into mm -hmm. a company's profits. Oh, of course. But we can't forget, you know, disclaimer, this isn't financial advice. Yeah, we're definitely not giving you financial, financial advice. advice. Yeah. These are our own opinions, right? Right, right, right. Back to the point where he said, right, the, the Fed printed $4 trillion, mm -hmm. right? Here it comes. <laughs> part, no, 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 part of what we're trying to do, one is close, if you go on our website, make sure you guys check it out, it's close yeah. the network gap, but also close the wealth gap, right? This, uh, if you look in Boston, the average, and I say this all the time, average black family's net worth is $7. And you look at, and this is a study the Federal Reserve did, at Boston Federal Reserve, you look at the average white family, it's almost two, over 250K. Right. right. So there's a huge wealth gap, and part of that is we never had access to the knowledge of investing, right? Because mm -hmm. as they print money, the, the rich get richer because mm -hmm. the assets goes up because the dollar loses value mm -hmm. and the poor get poor. <clears> so, you know, we grew up living check to check and just trying to save as much. So let's talk about like the importance of investing. Like our goal about this YouTube channel and our why we start and tag the platform is to so low, lower the net worth gap and also increase the lower the wealth gap. Yeah. Right. And so let's talk about that, right? It's a sensitive conversation. I mean, one way I'm big on big believer in crypto. I think that's an easy way to do that to fight inflation. But like, what's your advice? Someone trying to get into you know they. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say open up an investment account to start. Not Robinhood. <laughs> <laughs> there's other ones. My my personal investment account is with uh is with TD Ameritrade. Yeah, there's TD. Yeah, there's TD Ameritrade. There's Schwab. There's E Trade. There's so many, and I think it's funny when you hear about investing in in these brokerage accounts or your Roth IRA. You would think that it's some crazy process to get it started. Mm -hmm. You can start an investment account just as quick as you start a Facebook. Yep, that's a, that's actually a fact. You know what I'm technology. saying? Put that on a shirt, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like these are apps that you can get on your phone, just like you have Instagram and Facebook and everything else. And so, do your research and, and looking at what you want to invest in. Yeah. But make the account. It's really easy to start, mm -hmm. and you don't have to invest the first day that you start it, mm -hmm. right? So you can start it. And I like TD because there's like free Education tutorials yep. on the yep. apps. Yep. And so it's funny because you feel like this information is very siloed. And for those who know, you get more information. Yeah. It's it's crazy. So um, I would say do your research. Start with that everyday test, like I talked about earlier. Um, for people who don't have as much time and who aren't as passionate but do want to make money, mm -hmm. I advise, I don't want to say advice, I say look into ETFs yeah. um, because they're professionally managed, they track an index that you probably heard about, the S&P, yeah. Dow Jones, exactly. Russell 2000. Exactly. It's easy to invest in and it's easy to understand, right? It tracks a pool of investments, so you're gonna see exactly what you're invested in. And it's an, it's an easy way to start investing without doing a bunch of research and, and considering yourself an expert. Mm -hmm. yeah. what's, what's your favorite ETF? Favorite? <laughs> Top um, three, go. Put them on the spot. Yeah, well, I'll tell you the one that I talk about all the time, IVV, BlackRock, S&P, 500. <laughs> shameless plug. Yeah, shameless plug, shameless plug. I hope your boss watching that. Yeah, I, 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 might, send, I might send it to him. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, if you look at, look at our list, we have hundreds. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's an easy one for people who don't know much about investing. Like I said, I think it's a very good entry point. Too often people hear about trading, etc. 
Um, but this is an easy way to invest and then treat it like a bill, right? Just like you pay your light bill, whatever else. Take a portion of your money and try to set some aside every month. Mm-hmm. And dollar cost average. Right? Exactly, dollar cost average. And nowadays it's, it's, it's doable because you can buy fractional shares, yeah. right? Before you had to have the exact amount to get one share of an ETF or a stock. Now with these apps, you can get fractional shares. So no, no matter how much you invest, you can get a piece of that pie. Yeah. So I take back what I said about Robin, because you, you can actually do that. Right, right, it's right. a good place to start. It's a good place to start. This has been a great conversation. We you can know, do this all kind time. Of, kind yeah. of what we do when we get close to the end, we kind of do like what we call like a rapid fire. So yep. Kind of actually quick question, I think I'll start. But um, I'm sure you work at BlackRock. I know BlackRock. This is me. You guys may hate me, but anyway. Oh, yeah. No, Garrett comes. BlackRock. BlackRock. I know they, they recently came out. Like they have exposure to Bitcoin. There's mm-hmm. a lot of institutions that are adopting it. What's what's your opinion on that? Like, yeah. Well, like you said, um, BlackRock is in it. Okay. And I personally own. Uh, huh? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I personally own Bitcoin and, and EP, uh, Ethereum. Okay. So. I think it's real, right? I think if, if you're gonna be able to trade it for an actual asset, then it has value, mm-hmm. right? So just from that, that standpoint, when you talk about PayPal adopting Bitcoin, saying they now allow payments in Bitcoin, yep. that's a legitimate company selling legitimate goods. You can't deny that. That's well, legitimate. Whole, whole country like El Salvador making it legal. Exactly, exactly. So number one, I think, I think it is legitimate. Um, number two is a diversifier. It's, it's not like your traditional stocks or bonds. So just from a diversification standpoint, it adds a different layer to your portfolio. Mm-hmm. And then I think is is the best part is just how it's decentralized, right? Mm-hmm. Like I can go on Coinbase and, and, and get into action right now if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. That's number one. And number two, the fact that it's decentralized, there's individual codes for each trade. That guy knows his stuff. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> just to put you on the spot a little bit, man. There's somebody watching this that's like, yo, it's a great conversation. I want to do what he does, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah. Real quick, biggest commission check you ever got? <laughs> oh nah, we're not doing that. You can't do that real quick. Um, Ballpark. 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 It's a little biggest I got. I'm internal, so outside sales they get bigger ones. That's okay. what I'm going for. Okay. Biggest I got for one month was like, I think, eight k. <sighs> AK and on top of what you make on your base. Yeah, and yeah. his bonuses as well. See, big bands. Yeah, that's and before it, taxes though, because taxes make. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, um, and, and going off of that too, it's like somebody that's interested in that. Really quickly, you said poly size where you come right. from. You didn't even do the business track. Right. So what are you talking to somebody that's like, damn, I can't compete in the business realm because I don't have business experience. What do you? What's, what piece of advice, what mentorship are you offering somebody when they come to you with that proposition? Yeah, well, first of all, the internet's free. So there's such a big advantage to looking up just what is financial services, what is an ETF, what is a mutual fund, all these things. You can look, Investopedia has all these definitions. You saved my life a lot of times. Me too. And so what I always tell people is, number one, look at the Wall Street Journal because that's what the professionals are looking at. Everybody in the industry, they read the Wall Street Journal every day. So if you want to start speaking the language, I would say read the Wall Street Journal. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to mentorship, I think you guys' app is going to be monumental for a lot of these, these people that are up and coming. Um, and I think LinkedIn is a great resource as well. Yeah. You can you can search by title, you can search by company, and I would just start reaching out to people 
and just trying to not ask for a job, but ask about what they do, mm-hmm. how they get to where they are, right? Um, and you'd be surprised at how many people take the time and how many people care. Yep. Um, but I think it's, it's really about reaching out to people, talking to people who are in that role or who have done it, mm-hmm. and then doing your research on your own. Be prepared when you come to that conversation. Yep. And I, I like what you said there, like reach out to people, um, you know, it'd be really interesting if there was an app where all these people that you reach out to will actually respond to you. Oh, that's yeah. why I say you guys is app, you guys are gonna change the game. Man. Sure. We're excited that's for you guys. Yeah. Um, that's cool. No man, we definitely if you guys want to reach, he's gonna be a mentor, right? Yeah, sure. for sure, for sure. Um, and we talked about that before. That's that's not a you know on the spot question, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to help anybody that wants to reach out to me. Please, please leverage me. Like I said, I didn't know anything when I got into the interviews and everything like that. I learned kind of on the fly and by talking to people. So I want to be a resource to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll drop the IG. Yeah. We'll drop a lot of links that he talked about. So no doubt. Pleasure, pleasure having you. We got to wrap it up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like we could talk about this all day. Nah, me so. too. Me too. Well, thank you for, for coming, tuning in on the episode of TAG. Uh, again, like and subscribe. Leave the feedback. Let us know who you want to interview. All of that. As again, tag. You're right. <laughs>